Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Show Up with Cameron Gran. I'm Cameron Gran, and today we will be going over the how skills for mindfulness. Basically that equates to three different skills. We have non-judgment, we have one mindfully, and then we have effectivity. Basically what that breaks down to is for non-judgment, you just want to take all your thought and you want to imagine, like for instance, if you had a blanket outside and it got wet, or if it's just super hot out and you're just like sunbathing. So like sunbathing, if you enjoy being outside during that, is a good thing, but if it's outside and it's wet and you're getting rained on, you might not like that unless you're, I don't know, from Washington, one of the rainiest places in the world and you just enjoy rain in general. So it could also be a bad or good thing. But for that, the whole point of that um, non-judgment is just to allow thoughts to occur or things to occur around you without judgment. And if they do happen, to allow yourself when judgment is happening to accept it without making that part of your problem. And then one mindfully is I've talked about this before, which is being present in the moment a lot of times especially with phone and the invention of you know anything electronical people seem to believe that they can multitask and to a certain extent i do believe you can multitask however i do think there's a difference between multitasking effectively and multitasking in a bad way because if you're multitasking without addressing the stress or problems in your life those multitasks are probably avoiding the bigger issue that if you just sat down for like a minute or a couple i mean you know 10 30 minutes max and just addressed it would make life easier especially if you're in like a very warped dark place you probably aren't going to be in a mindset where you can multitask you want to first start with like doing anything in the moment completely like for instance if you were to alphabetize your books you don't want to just be like oh a goes here a b goes here like you want to be like oh uh, this is a movie but if you're like all about Steve. I think that's a Sandra Bullock movie. I can't remember. If you were doing that movie, you want to actually like look at the cover. You want to like see what's everything on it. If you've seen it, you might want to reflect on it. I don't know why people think it's a terrible movie. I loved it. It's kind of like one of those things where like you don't want to do tasks without being present. You don't do them on autopilot because when you do things auto on autopilot, that's usually when you allow space in your brain to only focus on the negative or the things that have been putting you in a dark place. Whereas if you kind of look at every moment as a new, fresh moment, it makes life a little easier. So if you're putting away a book, maybe you haven't picked up that book in a long time. And, and maybe you haven't like actually felt like the pages in a while or like maybe you haven't even remembered like this book and you're trying to just recall what it is as you put it back on your shelf. Because something I'm doing is I want to make sure that every book that I keep at my house is a book that I actually love and enjoy because I know it seems wasteful to just have a tons of books if you don't read any of them or if they're not books that you're going to be like, hey, I have I love this book and I really think that you would enjoy it. Would you want to borrow it so you could experience it for yourself because I, I do think that books should be shared but I also don't think that books are like they're meant to be read they're not meant to be sit on shelves which is the only thing that ever bothers me with people in their libraries is if they don't allow access because I'm like why have even own a book if you're not going to actually share it you might as well just have ebooks because the whole point of a book is to like experience and share and live in that world and I also feel like the point of a book over an ebook is ebooks have access to the internet so you can very easily get distracted where a book just by reading is an example of only doing one thing because you need all of your brain to not only read the pages but also for me I have like the creative like world building that I uh, do when, along with the page so, like I see this world I see the descriptions I visualize it as I'm reading and it's harder to do that if you're trying to multitask while reading and then the last one is effectivity which basically is starting to recognize when what you're saying and how you're, you're coming across is like 
you realize slowly, is what I'm trying to convey to somebody else actually what I'm conveying? Or is it something that I feel like is going to, but really it's completely missing the mark? Which in order to get to a, po a point where you are effective, you kind of have to slowly chip away at the barriers we create sometimes with, this is how everybody talks, so this is how I've been talking. Or if you're like me and you're like, I'm always trying to make sure no, nobody else gets upset. So I'm trying to tell them without hurting their feelings. And usually what that leads to is you get like one one hundredth of what you're trying to get from somebody because you're not telling them outright. Usually it means that you're hurting yourself still even when you've had like deep conversations because you're not trying to fix the entire problem. You're only trying to fix a portion of the problem. So those are the three things I'm going to be exploring this week for house skills and we are going to be going over a couple of different songs and I'm going to start with The Winner Takes It All by ABBA. Alrighty, everyone. Uh, and yes, before you ask, my first exposure to ABBA was indeed the movie Mamma Mia. I was not anywhere close to Broadway growing up, so I did not watch the show until I moved to New York for college. But I just wanted to share that because I have great fond memories of that song. And obviously, if I'm an actor, I must love Meryl Streep. And I know that's a stereotype, but I will definitely say I live 100% in that stereotype. The reason why I pointed that song out is because there's a lot of key things in that song that I felt like would help me highlight. Uh, the things we're going over this week. Uh, so I'm going to read the lyrics out to you as I normally do when I do music. The first being, I don't want to talk about things we've gone through, though it's hurting me. Now it's history. And the reason why I pointed this out, that's an example of it effectively. What I mean by that is a lot of times when we're trying to communicate with people, we start rehashing old arguments or we try to catch them up based on when the previous experience we had with them. And what I like is uh, about this is this is an example of being like, no, obviously what we've been trying to say before wasn't working. So now now it's history. I just want to convey what I'm feeling now and hopefully we can work through this. But I feel like this is more about trying to come to terms with a breakup. That can be hard no matter what stage you are, no matter how far away you like have gotten from that original breakup. But I, the reason why I stopped it there is because it's just like it's just a good example of stopping and realizing are the thoughts I'm having an effective way to communicate what I want to say or is it just me trying to vent out past pains that I've experienced. And so usually to be an effective communicator, you have to know whether or not what you're going to say is going to affect people a certain way, especially if you know the people. It's like you have to know your audience and you have to know if I say this, is this going to make them an effective listener or are they going to close up because they think that you're trying to attack them? Usually for me, especially, I don't really ever go in trying to talk to somebody with the intention of attacking or hurting. Usually I'm like the stuff you have been doing makes me feel this way and I need you to stop. And if it's me, I'm usually good about having self-awareness so I know that it's just how I react to it. They could just be being themselves. Because usually if once you've learned how to start recognizing if you're effectively communicating and then you start recognizing thoughts that are not judgments, they're just facts, which is why checking the facts is a key factor in mental health. Once you start recognizing those things and you can see them faster, that's usually when you can tell the difference between, oh, this is just me overreacting or no, this is me miscommunication with somebody and we need to talk about it. If they're not willing to do that, then usually that's when you have to figure out how to either let go of that person in your life or how to build the correct barriers and boundaries to that person so they know how to interact with you so you can be happy and have a long-lasting friendship because I feel like all of us deserve to have like friendships that last a long time. Next one I wanted to read is an example of one mindfully. It's like being in the moment completely and just experiencing for the first time. And this doesn't always have to be an action or what you're doing. Sometimes if you're reflecting on nostalgia, that's okay. But just make sure that it's something happening in the moment. It's not something you're always doing. So if you're taking a moment of a reflection with somebody and you're in that with 
with each other, that's fine. Like, for instance, I was in your arms thinking I belonged there. I figured it made sense building me a fence, building me a home, thinking I'd be strong there. And I think that's a good example of one mindfully because you're kind of going over the expectations you had with each other and then this dream that you had, like, with this partner and how even though you're uh, separated, it was still a beautiful dream and you just want to acknowledge that with that person. And I do think that that's an example of one mindfully because in that moment, you're just in that like nostalgia, like uh, like feeling that pain of loss and allowing that to happen. Because if when you allow the pain to happen, you can let it go and it won't be something that you're carrying anymore. And the next one lyrics are somewhere deep inside. You must know I, I miss you. But what can I say? Rules must be obeyed. I felt like this was an example of non-judgment because a lot of times when you break up with somebody your first instinct can be why do I even feel this way I don't they broke up with me I don't want to feel bad about them and that does yourself a disservice because if, if you were in love with somebody and then they broke up with you your feelings weren't wrong they just changed and they decided to, to leave but what I like about that is one you're not canceling out your own feelings because somebody else is separating from you what you're doing is yes I miss you and I understand that we want to continue this relationship but you broke up with me and I can't go back there because one, if you were somebody who was still in love with them, say like I can't go back to a previous way that we experienced life together because you broke up with me, which means that we're not going to live that way anymore. And I just, I can't go backwards. And so rules must be obeyed. Like if you're working out with me and you're with somebody else, then that needs to be what happens. I can't, I can't go back. I, we have to set that boundary and it has to be a strict boundary because otherwise I will hurt myself. And I, li I like that because it's like, you're not judging yourself or loving somebody, but you're also giving yourself what you need by not judging the fact that you need to have a firm boundary. Back to effectively. I don't want to talk if it makes you feel sad. And I understand you've come to shake my hand. We've talked about wise mind. Very rare in life, especially when it comes to like love loss, that we look at somebody and we acknowledge them and thank them for like that time they spent with us in our lives. And I just find it beautiful that at the end of the song is literally, I have emotions and I don't want to make you sad. I don't want to make this any worse than it has to be. And to effectively communicate that, I want you to know there's no hard feeling. So I want to shake your hand so let you know I'm not faking it, I'm not pretending it. There's just no hard feelings on my end. And from there, I wanted to move to the next song. And I chose this next artist because if you live in the Twin Cities, you know that we've had the Eras Tour this past week. And I just wanted to give an homage to Taylor Swift, mostly because I felt like her last album in general has a ton of like good mental health like tips, but she's also a really good storyteller. Sometimes I'm like, okay, these lyrics are a, a bizarre a little bit, but like, I feel like the root of what like she's trying to convey is very powerful. I'm going to now play Antihero by Taylor Swift. The line that I had, I've never understood because I don't know what it's even alluding to. I do know the monster part, but I, I'm always like, what does she mean by sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill. I think it's an hilarious lyric, but I still don't understand what that means. So it makes me laugh every time I think about it because I'm just like, what is that visual even trying to get me to think? It's just so weird. But literally from the minute the song starts, she goes, I have this thing where I get older, but just never wiser. Midnight's become my afternoons. And the reason why why I chose that that would be an example of one mindfully was the fact that I'm also a night owl. I don't feel like I've gotten wiser at all, but sometimes I used to think that because I stayed up so late, something was wrong with me. The whole point of this album is her reflection time when things are going hard for her is like midnight. And so like that's when she reflects and actually get to healing herself. I liked that this is kind of an example of, oh, this is the time that I like focused in on myself and I just focus on me and that's kind 
kind of what that talking about is like midnight's my afternoon because that's when I go and do everything I need to do to take care of myself. A lot of people I've talked to are like, oh no, if you should go to bed. That's really late. You don't want to think about yourself when you're tired. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like all I ever have is late nights. Otherwise, if I try to get up in the morning, I just, even though I'm not a grumpy morning person, I'm also not a very effective morning person. I realize I'm definitely a night effective worker. Otherwise, mornings are just, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do anything. Another example of one mindfully is just this, these lyrics is, I should not be left to my own devices. They come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis. Tale as old as time. I wake up screaming from dreaming. One day I'll watch as you're leaving because you got tired of my scheming for the last time. And the reason why, even though some of this is very negative, I decided to just point this out as one mindfully is because sometimes when you have an epiphany about what's going on with you, you start to question why people are in your life to begin with. The first initial like wonderment of I worry about you leaving. If you're going to be worrying, be worrying. If you're going to be fearing something, fear something. That's definitely what that's about is like, if you're going to have this moment and you're going to voice all your fears, just do it completely and just talk about it. Cause some people think that it's just people who are like, they don't want, like, like being in crowds. And some people are really like very personable. They love being around their friends and stuff, but you can feel alone with a group of people and you can feel alone by yourself. Uh, and so being left to your own devices makes you worry that something bad's going to happen especially in if you're in a bad mental health state. Usually you try to find tools and tricks like these ones to help you get through those moments so you can get to a better place. And that's why I think this is a good example of when you are in a bad place, try to think about what you could possibly find for yourself to get yourself into a better, healthier place. And that's why I think it's an example of one mindfully because you're sticking to that one task and you're doing it completely. So that way when you're doing it completely, you know that you're helping everyone as much as can you can. And by everyone, I mean yourself. And then it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. It's literally the lyric that gets repeated the most in the song. But the reason why I loved it is a lot of times it can be easy to judge ourselves and say something's wrong with us. And when we can finally realize that we're the ones putting ourselves in these bad situations, we're the ones comparing ourselves unnecessarily to others. We're the ones who are always latching on to these negative thoughts when they immediately come into our heads. We don't let them go. And so the anti-hero, which is why I love this song so much, is kind Kind of like we want to be happy but we keep allowing ourselves to do what's not best for us we don't allow ourselves to show up for ourselves and so you're kind of rooting for the bad result rather than the positive result that you keep telling yourself in your mind if i had this i would finally be happy you kind of have to like figure out how to switch and get to what you actually want out of life which is another example uh, here which is i'll stare directly at the sun but never in the mirror it must be exhausting always rooting for the anti-hero which i feel like is an observation and the observations are facts they're not like things trying to like put yourself in a negative mood because it is strange that we are taught as children not to look into the sun because it hurts us but we aren't taught that by avoiding looking at ourselves in the mirror we don't think and question why are we no longer looking at ourselves what's going on there because i am somebody who i understand this completely because i don't even want to i have a thing with mirrors in general but i also don't never want to look at myself in a mirror because it's kind of like when you have the a narrative especially as me when I hear like negative thoughts and if they're things I've, I'm hearing from bullies I've realized that not everybody has this for me I hear the voice of the bully
clearly and I see them and they're the ones saying it. So sometimes I forget to catch the fact that it's still a thought coming from me, not from them. So I'm manufacturing my own thoughts through people that have obviously changed since I was like a teenager. I have no clue what they look like now, but they still are as present and as real in my life, feeling like they were right about me and they're not. You have to like push through those boundaries and when you start recognizing them, you'll get better and better at it. So that way you can look at yourself in the mirror. You can figure out how to be a better version of yourself because there's nothing wrong with you now. And I want to make sure I say that clearly. There's nothing wrong with you now. Something I get mad about that happens on the internet sometimes is people show the end of the story when everything has been fixed. And that's why I'm probably have said this a thousand times before, but I don't like weight loss videos because they always cut to what happened after the weight was gone. As if that was the only moment that mattered. You can love yourself before then. And me, I'm trying to lose weight, as I've said, but it's important to me that I love myself now because I have had a lot of people in my life who have passed away without reason are like with reason because it was their own choices but like they passed away younger than they should have by, by things that they could have avoided and I'm like so because of those things I'm like I don't know how much longer I have but I don't want to be afraid to live today because if I'm afraid to live today and I only have like a week left of living then I could have spent all that time waiting for future happiness when I could have had but had I could have had happiness today which is funny I not the next lyrics are the ones I was saying that I find bizarre which is sometimes I feel like everybody is a sex baby and I'm a monster on the hill too big to hang out slowly lurching towards your favorite city pierced with the heart but never killed the reason why I put this as also non-judgment is because a lot of times we are afraid to voice our thoughts especially the darkest thoughts we have out loud because we don't want them to be a reality because if they're reality then the what-ifs start happening because the what-ifs are the judgments we're placing on ourselves for having these thoughts and if they're true what does that mean do not what-if yourself if you feel that way think of it as a non-judgment why why do you feel this way? What can I do to fix this? I don't need, nor do I have an obligation to allow other people to make me feel that way. And if they do, that's on them. Their perception of you is not you, only you know what your true character is. Example of effectively in the song is, I have this dream my daughter-in-law kills me for the money. She thinks I left them in the will. The family gathers around and reads it and then someone screams out, she's laughing up at us from hell. And the reason why I put this in there is because I just find it hilarious that people would expect somebody, if you treat them terribly, to leave you anything and then just because you have money that they think they have a right to that and I feel like most people don't realize that what you do and what you say matters to people and so the reason why I say this is an example of being effective is you want to know what your goal is in this any situation while they may think that you screwed them over what your real goal was it's my money I earned it I want to make sure that it goes to causes that I believe in and I don't believe just because you have a family that they owe you money because that's some, something that makes me feel kind of dirty. Sometimes it's really weird when you're trying to mourn somebody and all everybody's talking about is money and things as though that person didn't matter. That's a really dicey subject for me. From there, I'm going to move on to another goodie called the Anonymous Ones. And I feel like a lot of the, the points in the song will actually ring true to what I'm trying to teach this week. So with that, I'm going to play it for you guys. All right, everyone. That's from the Dear Evan Hansen movie version is not from the Broadway show. I know because I worked it many a time. I wanted to start by uh pointing out the lyric you look you ever looked at all the people who seem to know exactly how to be you think they don't need piles of prescriptions to function naturally and the reason why i pointed this out is because a lot of times this is a dangerous thing that we can go on which is 
comparison. But when we're, when we're comparing ourselves to other people, but the reason why I point this out is usually comparison is a one step completely focused skill. When we're comparing ourselves to others, we do it like we can't think of anything else but those comparisons. Oh, why does my father prefer my siblings? Or And then like you start comparing yourself to your siblings to justify why that might be true, which is all not good thinking because you can't read minds. So you shouldn't compare yourself. Also, your life situation is your own. And some people have kinder, nicer lives. And you know what? That's okay. I used to be really upset that I didn't understand why I was treated the way I did. Like, did I do something to deserve it? And the answer is no. But when the people closest to you are the ones treating you that way, you start looking and comparing yourselves to other people. And you're like, what are, What am I doing wrong? Why am I being treated this way? What can I do to fix it? When really it's not your problem, it's theirs. And all you can do is be yourself. And they can stay, they can leave, that's on them. You're not going to deal with it anymore. Which is why what I like about that lyric is the fact that what you're doing is you are noticing a fact. Stopping and you're seeing other people and you're like why am I having this reaction and they're not and it goes on and she's like well wait the next part I feel like is more of an example of non-judgment because it goes to well look again and you might catch it just wait a minute more there's this little moment after the sunny smile as their eyes fall to the floor and the truth starts peeking through they're a lot like me and you they can fake a smile too a lot of times because we think that they have these bright happy faces we think that they must be going through life a lot better than we are when usually if you do take the time to even observe somebody else you can usually see when that face that like thing that they put on goes away and usually it's when they feel like they're in a place where they can be themselves and they don't have to like put on something for other people which is why i've said that before like somebody could be the happiest smiley go lucky person you've met and they can be the most depressed person they don't share that with you because they don't want to put their mental health on you and i feel like i'm hoping that there's a switch in the world where people will just be open and talk about what's going on with them and hopefully find a way to vent those emotions so they can actually be happy and be those things that they're presenting because false happiness is not a good way to live live life because we deserve to actually have true happiness. An example of effectively in the song was and to know they're somehow not alone well that's all they're hoping for what if they didn't have to stay anonymous anymore because the whole point of this song uh in the movie is she's trying to motivate Evan to give a speech so that they the that people in their school and hopefully people who might donate to i don't know if they've actually made the connor project yet in the movie but they're trying to just like spread the word about connor and that like he didn't need to like harm himself for people to know that he was like worthy of life and she just wishes that people had noticed before it was too late to do anything. And that's kind of why I like that that those lyrics is it's about we're just trying to make other people aware and I want to make sure that they they know that they're not alone and that they don't have to be anonymous anymore. They can stand up and be with us. We will be like hopefully the the group they join so they can have a support group is kind of what the meaning behind that is. We go back to all of us anonymous ones who pick themselves apart till they start breaking and we keep on keeping secrets that we think we have to hide but what we really need is somebody to see that secret side and to know we're somehow not alone it's all we're hoping for and that we wouldn't have to be anonymous anymore that's an example of non-judgment we all have friends we all have like those people we know are there for us if we're not feeling great and for some reason there's still a stigma about even with those close friends about talking about true mental health things for me sometimes people think that they're communicating what they're at, like they're asking you about mental health but 
But in today's world, it's very easy to just be like, hey, how's it going? It's like a greeting that sounds like they want to know. But then I I have fallen into the trap of actually answering that question honestly. And then people like glossing over or being like, oh, yeah, that's great. And then continue walking because people use some sentences as though they're trying to check in when really they're just trying to be polite. And I feel like if you're a friend checking in, make sure it's a clear I'm checking in on you. And I want to make sure that you're aware of it. And if you're somebody trying to find help, try to make sure the person that you're talking to knows where you really are coming from so they can help you because you deserve to work through what's going on. And if your friend can't help you, hopefully they can like find somebody or like help you find somebody who can help you. Okay. And now I'm going to play Trader by Olivia Rodrigo. I know unintentionally I've been playing a lot of breakup songs. I have not broke up with anybody recently <laughs> or ever, so don't worry. I wanted to point out this next thing because effectively is important, but you can also do effectively wrong. The whole point of being effective is you want to be a communicator and you don't want to put yourself in a position where the only way to keep something you love is to kind of gaslight yourself into believing it's not happening. And that's a bad example of being effective. You want to make sure that if you're trying to communicate something that you want, obviously in the situation or what she wanted and the thing that she was communicating, communicating is she wanted to stay with this guy but in order to do that she had to pretend not to be aware of these things that were happening and when she was forced to a position where she had to mention it she was trying to believe what she was being told and not what her gut instinct was telling her was happening the lyrics are brown guilty eyes and little white lies yeah i played dumb but i always knew that you talked to her maybe did even worse i kept quiet so i could keep you to be an effective communicator you have to be part of the conversation you can't be an effective communicator if you're only allowing the other side to have a voice. That's not effective. That's you sacrificing yourself to make them happy. And that's never going to work in the long run. I did think that the next lines are, you betrayed me and I know that you'll never feel sorry for the way that I hurt. Yeah, you talked to her when we were together, loved you at your worst, but that didn't matter. It took you two weeks to go off and date her. Guess you didn't cheat, but you're still a traitor. And the reason why I read those to you is because this is an example of non-judgment. I feel like she is judging him but like also she's just trying to relay the facts where she's like I know that I shouldn't feel upset we broke up but at the end of the day I, w I told you about these things that were happening I was concerned that this was more than just a friendship that you had with her because you'd go off and talk to her whenever we were upset and it bothered me and then you said I was like wrong gaslighting her into believing that she wasn't actually picking up on anything that was on like toward with this other girl when actually if it wasn't that way then it wouldn't have been so easy to go to her and have like go off and be dating in less than two weeks it's possible but usually if it's that kind of quick turnaround there's some kind of feelings happening so whether or not that was conscious on his part doesn't really matter if you feel anything for somebody else and your girlfriend's asking you about that person i feel like the best thing you could do is talk about it if you're talking about it you might i don't know break up so you could be with that other person you have more feelings for or you could be an effective communicator and you say i have been feeling this way and then she'd be like okay well if you're feeling this way do you you actually want to be with me or do you want to be with them and if they're saying i want to be with you the next thing to be an effective communicator would be okay so we we should not hang out with her and we should separate that until you can figure out how to deal with those emotions and let them go obviously this is wise relationship talking probably not something that was going to happen in the moment because people are kind of not the wisest when they first start falling in love and usually 
not the best about thinking of others when they want to be with somebody, especially if they're not conscious of wanting that yet. You know, the whole point of being an effective communicator is knowing what you want and what the other person wants and trying to figure out how you can say or what you need to do to communicate what your true feelings are. So there's no miscommunication happening. That's why you want to be an effective communicator. The next lines are, ain't it funny? Remember I brought her up and you told me I was paranoid. Like I said, gaslighting is huge uh, in this world, but these are judgments, but it's kind of like laying out facts after the fact and being like, huh, ain't it funny how you told me I was being paranoid because I asked you about this girl, but then you just went off and went with her. So was I being paranoid or was I picking up something that you didn't want to tell me? So it's kind of like you're gaslighting your girl so you can like test the waters with another girl, which is just, I think, you know, not good behavior. I do think that in order to have that clarity post something, you have to be like not judging it anymore. So you're like, you're just like, huh, ain't it funny? And it's a joke to you because it is what happened, but you're not like judging them. You're just judging the situation. And you're like, if you were just honest, maybe I wouldn't have fallen in love with you. So this wouldn't have gone so far. The next lyrics are, God, I wish that you had thought this through before I went and fell in love with you. Yeah, which I put as an example of one mindfully because this entire song is called Traitor. And the reason why I love it, especially as a breakup song, is because I feel like the whole point of this was to live in those feelings of being betrayed and then but not dwelling on them. So we're letting out like, oh, ain't it funny? I mentioned this, I mentioned this, I mentioned this, laid out the facts, and then you're like, but you told me I was wrong. So you're laying out all the things that upset you and then you're able to express yourself, especially with music, to let it go. And I think that that's a very one-minded thing to do, which is just to go through the activity, lay out everything that you're upset about, and then be like, I was right about this. And if you feel good about being right, that's good for you. But also it could just be like, I was right about this and I was never given the permission to express my emotions because I was being told that that wasn't true. So I was blocking it because I didn't want to upset somebody that I was trying to keep. But obviously they didn't care about my feelings because they went away and got with this person in a very short amount of time. So they didn't really care about how that would make me feel when they did that. So you didn't cheat, but you're still a traitor. Because, and then there's a little bit of what I feel like could possibly be emotional cheating because you did go off and talk to this person and then lie to your girlfriend that you were feeling a certain way. And that's why I like this is kind of like, you're allowing yourself to give in and to feel all the emotions in this moment and you're just putting it all on paper and you're giving yourself to that activity completely. And that's why I think it's a good example of the one-minded uh, trait on the house skills. So I'm going to go into the last song and we're gonna do it in reverse because I just wanna make sure that I play you guys out on this song. It's gonna be Demons by Imagine Dragons and we're gonna start with When the Days Are Cold and all and the cards are all fold and the saints we see are all made of gold. And I like this because that's an example of non-judgment. When we're feeling cold and then we feel like just toppling and we feel like there's nothing left for us to do and like, like these people are supposed to be helpful or like not really on our side, it's kind of like, okay, I'm in this dark place. If I don't admit to myself I'm in this dark place, I'm just going to be pulled further down. And in order to get help, in order to perfect our mental health, we have to first admit we have a problem so we can address it. And then this next lyric is, I want to hide the truth. I want to shelter you, but with the beast inside, there's nowhere we can hide. It's an example of one mindfulness is because you're so enwrapped with trying to shelter somebody else that a lot of times 
sometimes when you try to do that, you don't recognize this dark thing that's inside you. But when you are finally addressing it and you're like, okay, I want to protect this person. What can I do today that will help me open up? Uh, and then you start focusing in on that one thing and you're like, okay, I want to protect somebody because I'm feeling like I'm getting to a point, especially if you're have an anger response to mental health and you're worried about like doing something you'll regret. That's usually when I'd be like, okay, go find a room, seclude yourself for a little bit so you can work through what's going on with you and actually like go through it slowly so you can find all those things and wrap yourself in that activity so you'll like be able to figure out what's actually going on so then you can figure out a plan to fix it. Don't want to let you down, but I am hellbound, though this is all for you. Don't want to hide the truth. I like this because this is an example of being an effective communicator. I want to be the person that you have of me in your head, but I feel like I am not. I'm the worst version of myself. And even though I'm afraid that you'll leave, I don't want to hide the truth from you because I feel like that you owe the truth. It says, they say it's what you make. I say it's up to fate. What would in my soul? I need to let you go. Oh, this is hard because like a lot of times when you love somebody and then you realize, oh, this is toxic and you've tried communicating with them over and over again. And the reason why I think this is an effective way of communication is it's kind of like, okay, I've told you about this dark thing I have inside and I'm trying to figure out how to navigate that with you. And you're trying to make me feel like you don't care and I love you, but I have to let you go in order to protect both you and myself. But I'm going to tell you that because you deserve that communication, especially when the next lyrics are your eyes, they shine so bright. I want to save that light. I can't escape this now unless you show me how. Because at this point, you don't even know if they've actually come to a conclusion with their conversation, but he's saying, I don't know what to do. And if like just left with me, I'm just worried about doing something that I'll regret and hurting you and I don't want to hurt you. Asking somebody to show you how to make this work shows you how much you care about that person. And you're like, I've tried everything I can think of, but except maybe talking to you and being honest about what's going on with me. So now I'm being honest. This is what's going on with me. It's scary. It's dark. I, I feel really bad. But what can we do to save this? And I feel like, well, that's just a wise thing to say to somebody. You're like, I want to save this, but I can't unless you show me how. Because otherwise the best thing I can think of is just to let you go so you don't sync with me and then you have a conversation about that and that, that is effective communication I feel like because you're like these are all the things I'm going through this is all the things I can think of these are all the things I've tried to make this work is there something that I've missed because I wasn't including you with all these things I was trying is there something that we could come up with together that would fix this because I want to make sure that you're taken care of and that's so wise and good communication and like just tells you like the relationship this person wants to have with somebody else I feel like the best relationships are the ones that you can lean on each other if you can't lean on each other what's the point of having that friendship that relationship that like family dynamic because life is hard we need people to lean on and if we're not allowed to lean on them what's the point you know we need to be able to lean on each other in any of those friend groups otherwise i like i would question whether or not those are things that you should keep going on but in order to do that the point is to question with the other person because you're effectively is all about being able to communicate what you want what you're worried about and what you think could fix it. And you're saying it in a way that makes the other person understand completely, not in a way that protects them from experiencing your pain so they don't actually get the full dynamic of what you're going through because you want them to act definitely understand completely. Okay, and with that, everyone, I will play Demons by Imagine Dragons. It's been great talking to you guys this week. I cannot wait to see you guys next week and I will see you guys next time. Alrighty, with that, let's play you out.